Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. I'm Sam Wilson. <laughs> Joining me, as always, are our two regulars. Zach Schneider. And Liz Tory. And we're also joined by another repeat guest. My other parent is joining us today. How you doing, Mom? <laughs> Sharon Wilson here. I'm good. Hi, you. Yeah, I was li- living my best life, I guess. Living my most most medium life, at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, only, I only know what you're up to because of uh, social media, so, you know. <laughs> I, I, was, I was down there. I, I I, I've been at your house a couple of times. We've seen each other. Sure. Uh, in your sure. life? Yeah, I, I'd hope so. But. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the past, you know, decade, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> so today we're going to be reviewing Birds of Prey, the Tabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Weirdly, I never have a hard time remembering that title. I don't know why. Like, it is super long and stupid, but I'm just I'm telling like, you, when that comes up on Actorly, when that title comes up on Actorly, it's, it's like it always, even though I know you know, how the actor is XXXXXXX, you know? I know that it's a long fucking title, but I can never remember what it is. I'm like, what is that? What <laughs> oh, is this I really know. long I know, movie? It's because it's so long and because of the parentheses, I'm like, oh, Birds of Prey. You would you know, think I would remember. The, actually, same thing with Birdman, because the full title of Birdman is Birdman, parentheses, or, or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, right. parentheses. <laughs> so whenever that comes up, I always know that, that that's what it is, but... Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, we're, we're, we're in November. November is upon us. Uh, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving soon, then Christmas and, you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you guys, uh, winter solstice, all that, all that stuff is, is coming up. We're in the last couple months of the year. Uh, what, what, what are you looking forward to, Liz? Well, my birthday is the 12th. And Ooh. when I was a, <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, they have the Veterans Day parades on the 11th. I always thought the parades were for me. Oh, <laughs> oh bless your little heart. I was a conceited, <laughs> stupid child. <laughs> so I'd be in front with the parades going, Adorable. <laughs> just See, away, and, just there's, there's a certain age where that stops being cute and starts just being narcissistic. Sad. Yeah. Really, sad. Yeah. really, really sad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was heartbroken when I found out about Veterans Day. I was like, "What? <laughs> Why are we celebrating them people?" Uh, was that the was that the you know the the ripe age of like twenty two or whatever, like thirty <laughs> six? <laughs> oh Lord! What do you mean it's not about me? <laughs> yeah, everything's about me, right? What about you, Zach? Everything, what, what, what are you looking forward to for yourself and people celebrating you for the rest of this year as, as happens, right? What? Uh, yeah, uh, generally looking forward to the uh, wonderful onslaught of holidays where we, you know, group up, meet the people we love, and just get completely stuffed with far too much food, <laughs> usually turkey. Uh, we got the Thanksgiving coming up, you know, got the Christmas, of course, uh, Hanukkah as well with the sides of the family that celebrate that. So I will definitely be uh, rolling down the stairs every time I leave the house uh, come this January. But You better put a couple more notches in your belt. 
Love me some turkey, you know. I, I don't even complain, you know. Some years we end up doing another turkey dinner at Christmas. I'm like, you know, we just had this a month ago, but I'm still fine with this. Roast turkey is delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. Mom, we kind of started all kind of doing uh, uh, Christmas steaks for the past couple years, yes. I feel oh. like. Yeah, yeah usually makes I, sense. I, like that's, I know that's not the tra- traditional, but, you know, I think we kind of made it one. I think it well, is, yeah, it's kind of worked out. Well, yeah, but we have the poultry out. fatigue at that point. And it's like, that's yeah, true. you know, exactly. <laughs> it's like we need some red meat in us, yeah. man. <laughs> The red meat ripe off the bone. Yeah, oh, I like mutton for that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm the same way. Done mutton. with poultry. Let's get some mutton. Oh, mutton's a good choice. That's a yeah. good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, how's, how's everything been with you, Mom? How was your uh, Halloween and everything? It was good. I mean, you were there for most of it, right? I mean, yeah. I had a, had a party. Um, my oldest son, your brother, came out from Vancouver and visited. That was fantastic that they got to come. Oh, he and- came out years ago. Okay. I'm sure he's never heard that one before. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, it was great. You know um, that they came out and visited. had a had a fun time. It was a small um, Halloween party this year. It might be our last. I know I keep threatening that, but God damn it, this that was our twenty sixth Halloween party. Twenty six. We've done it for twenty twenty six years. I mean, we actually have done it for twenty eight years, but there were two that we did not two years that we did not hold the party. But other than that, we've done it. And boy, I am really getting tired, I got to say. So next year, yeah. I might just dress up and go somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Well, I, I know one of the years, one of the years that we didn't do the party was was not, like obviously 2020 was one of the years we didn't do the party. But I know right. that the other year we didn't do the party, uh, you, me, and dad ended up going to uh, Good Word, which is our, our local uh, neighborhood pub in, oh, in Duluth, right. Georgia. We and, mm-hmm. we, and we kind of entered the, uh, the costume contest. Uh, that fucking costume contest. We had the best costumes. We were the, no, we the Ghostbusters <laughs> trio. You know, they they were the two Ghostbusters with the proton packs and everything. It was fantastic. Homemade proton packs. And I was, um, you know, Sigourney Weaver's character. And we, everyone was like, oh my God, your costumes are great. Your costume. We lost out to a guy with a stupid, one of those dumb ass costumes where it looks like he's a guy sitting on a bear's shoulders. Oh my God. Yeah. Or so a, bear sitting, a bear sitting on his shoulders. Somebody was sitting on somebody's shoulders, but it's like the fake legs. And I was like, that asshole one. That it was so dumb. His costume really? was so stupid. <laughs> it and was like, so apparently, stupid. Apparently, like that guy knew because apparently I went to high school with that guy, but I couldn't remember him at all. It's like I don't know who you are. <laughs> I, I really don't. Like I was like, oh hey dude, yeah, sure. You know why you I'm couldn't remember like, him, Sam? Because he was that asshole. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> the only, I remember that year. Like the only other person who I thought would have been like an acceptable person to win, other than us, is I remember there was one guy that was dressed up as Miles Morales, and he. He was like a good Miles Morales, and oh, I would yeah. have been. I would have accepted that guy winning over the guy who actually won. But yeah, we should have won. Nobody knew who that. he was. I mean, those are a bunch of. Well, oh no, I shouldn't say anything. Never mind. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, Spider Into the Spider Verse had come out by that point, I think. So people like that. That kind of that kind of made Miles Morales a little more uh, a little more mainstream. Was when that movie came out. But no, I see what you mean at the same time. But you've had a pretty good year too, though acting wise haven't you Sharon mm-hmm. I mean I joined Crunch Fitness because of you and oh, you've, been in a couple of, you've been in a Gosh. couple of nice 
nice uh, uh, commercials, but that national commercial is really nice. Yeah, that was that was nice. I have one more that's um, going to be coming out during uh, the World Cup Ooh. for Ooh. Volkswagen, but it's only going to be on Telemundo. So you got to watch uh, Telemundo. See, see, I'll be posting it. I you will can find s- it on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You have to you have to go to the uh, Mexican YouTube uh, YouTube dot mx. What's the what's the Mexican URL? I don't even know. Like I know I know Canada's dot ca. I don't know. I'm so Mexico glad you didn't one, say but... YouTubeo or something like that. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, no. <laughs> I was it's expecting. All right. that. I'm a quarter Peruvian. I can make that joke. <laughs> According to my 23 and me, I can make Neanderthal jokes. What, what, what's, how's your week been, Sam? Oh, yeah. No, it's been good. We've been doing a lot of, uh, um, we, we just played a, a wrestling, uh, amateur wrestling show. My band, Gas Station Boner Pills, played a wrestling Ooh. show. Uh, nice. as kind of a halftime thing it was it was a crazy experience like uh, 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 uh you know in the middle of our set one of the wrestlers like came on and, and like kind of confronted us on stage it was like what the fuck are you guys doing and, like the drummer <laughs> tried to our drummer sean tried to defuse the situation he he got he got killed he died um, <laughs> the, guy, the guy slammed him onto the mat and he was he was gone uh, so we need a new drummer uh it was very it was very traumatic yeah. Yeah. hey man That's i just watched awesome. your i watched your milkshake video I've yeah, actually watched it did. twice oh, now. Oh my god! It is so good. I mean, it is, it is. so hilarious. Funny. It's really good. Yeah, we just uh, those of you guys might remember uh, the song from the early two thousands, "Milkshake." Who I don't remember the, the name of the original woman who sang Keyless. it. But. Keyless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just covered that song. We're we're a comedic punk rock band, and we just covered that song. Just a bunch of you know sweaty dudes just singing, "My milkshake breaks on the morning." Yeah. <laughs> like we, we we so we just covered that. We we released a, a music video for it. So. So, yeah, I mean, again, Gas Station Boner Pills at the Band of Boners on Instagram. You can find the, the video on there and you can find the, the song anywhere you listen to your music. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's legit. I, mean yeah. I was really it surprised. Is. I mean, I've seen it a is. lot of like amateur videos. That is like, it looks professional. It's legit. I was so. going to say, yeah, the yeah, cinematography on that particular video is actually really fantastic good Lord. yes <laughs> yeah it's like i mean we're all we're all film people in this band and all, all of our That's friends and everything so yeah are you mm-hmm. directing them or uh it's mainly so our our bassist and kind of a main singer misha he's he's a director by trade and his roommate is a ad who's also really good uh camera guy so we get we get him to like actually basically be our dp for that but we all kind of, you know, collaborate with with making that stuff because because we're all kind of film people. So yeah, yes. If you want to see Sam's nipples, definitely check out the video. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's where the milk comes from. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's slide right on. Speaking of nipples, let's talk about Birds of Prey. Wait. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This movie is about how we shouldn't objectify women. I always That's forget right. that. That's right. There's never yeah. a nipple in sight. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it is an R-rated movie, but they were classy enough to not have any, any nips in this. So, uh so full spoilers start here for Birds of Prey, and we're going to start by talking about these characters, including our main POV protagonist character, Harley Quinn, who is in this movie for reasons. Mainly because she's on the marquee. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. She. Uh, I mean, what, what do you guys think of like her in this movie, her role and her arc in this movie? 
pretty much this is a character who, you know, around this time had been enjoying uh, quite a bit of a change in terms of, you know, her status as a character moving from being largely perceived as a villain sidekick to more of a classic anti-hero. And this movie was definitely following that arc directly. She's a fun character. She has actually fantastic fight scenes, um, really good fight choreography in this film overall. And is enjoyable enough as a protagonist, if deeply unfocused. It does not help, I think, the film that she's a character who is only somewhat interested in the goings-ons of the entire film. But, yeah, overall, don't don't hate her. Well, I fucking love it. (laughs) And I think that it's one of the best movies ever made. Ever! (laughs) Oh, just no qualifier to that? Just, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, all you got to say about that <laughs> that's all i got to say about no i i i love harley quinn and i love the way that she's played i love that we get to see that transition the mentioning of uh she's got one little bitty piece of line where she mentions what she did in in uh suicide squad and it just you just get to see her whole lineage and you get to see her leave the Joker and you get to see her kind of you get to see her kind of come into herself. And I love the little bits of psychology that she throws out throughout the whole movie. I love her. I, I think that the I think that the movie wouldn't have been as good without her. I like the characters, but I think her introducing the characters and being the narrator is really the glue that brought in a lot of a lot of fans of DC. And I think that that was just the smart way to do it. Yeah, I, I agree that 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 her being the narrator is is the thing you're right that that drew everybody in. But I would argue that that's really all she is. She is the person on stage going, and then we've got this person, and then we've got this person, and then this happened, and she's just the storyteller. I almost feel like, except for the kick-ass action scenes, she's really not engaged in the story. She's just kind of a, she's a cardboard cutout, in my opinion. And I I thought the most interesting thing about her was the cartoon sequence at the beginning where she talks about her backstory, her origin story, basically. I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's like... It's and then like when she I became... kind of want to see that movie more than this <laughs> exactly. movie. Like, I actually have to have that You thought. know, and usually I hate origin stories, especially ones that we already know, right? You know, we talk about the pearls falling and Batman and how many times we've seen it. But, you know, they some origin stories... Yeah. Exactly. Some origin stories are interesting. Although it a- actually happened in this movie, I feel like when, um, and I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm sorry, Huntress's family dies. There's a scene of her mother falling and the shells fall around her. Yeah. And I was thinking, it's those fucking pearls again. <laughs> God damn it. They just, DC just cannot help themselves. Those pearls get around more than Batman does. Yeah, so. they <laughs> do. But um, anyway, no, but so I felt like Harley Quinn was, of course, she's integral to the story because her name is, you know, in the title. But right. I felt like she was so one dimensional. She was so cardboard cut out. She was a pretty little paper doll. And after a while, damn, she got on my nerves. There is something about her voice. You know, do you, do you remember, y'all don't remember because you're too young. Back in like the 80s, there was this thing, there's, there was a correspondent named Lisa Gibbons 
And there was some yokel said that whenever he heard her on TV, he went into seizures. That And, and so he tried to sue her because, <laughs> oh, she's causing seizures every time I hear her voice. That was kind of like Harley Quinn after a while. Oh, they parodied that in Seinfeld with, uh, yeah, with Kramer. Yeah, they did parody. Yes, yeah. yes, no, yes, they yeah. did. And um, that's kind of how I felt about Harley Quinn after a while. After a while, I was just like, I, I was getting a headache every time she talked. I was like... Oh, God, that voice, that accent. Oh, I just can't stand it anymore. Honestly, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn has a less annoying voice than the original Batman animated series one. No, that's true. If I had to listen to that voice, if I had to listen to that voice, I would probably would have killed myself. But yeah, no, (laughs) No, I would have turned the TV off is what I would have done. But yeah, so I mean, she was a necessary evil, but I don't think that they did with her what they should have done with her. I really do enjoy uh, this version of Harley. I especially love the yeah. energy that Margot Robbie brings her. It's, she's obviously a character that you know Margot Robbie was really invested in playing and you know was really did a fantastic job with. But I do honestly think this movie kind of suffers between deciding whether or not it wants to be a Birds of Prey movie and deciding whether it wants to be a Harley Quinn movie and it somehow landed on deciding to be a Birds of Prey movie but the main character is Harley Quinn who yeah. is extremely removed from the rest of the Birds of Prey the entire time. Yeah, but she she's not worried about that. She's removed because she's not worried about she doesn't care about what's happening. Right. I kind of then feel like why she is should, she the though, main character of this movie the then? <laughs> or the, at least the narrator. I love that she's the one that brings the birds of prey together. I love that idea. It, essentially, she creates the birds of prey, you know, because she's the one she? that. Does yeah, she? because she sets up everything. She's the one that antagonized Rosie Perez's character. Um, the Huntress was after the same people that was after Harley. And then uh, the um, Canary, her story was intertwined with Cassandra Kane and Harley Quinn. I honestly, when I first saw it, I've seen this movie way too many times now. But when I first saw it, I honestly did not know if she was going to hurt that little girl. And she didn't. You know, so we got to see that change in her. I don't know. I think she I think she planted seeds in everybody. She brought it together and she was really the glue that she was supposed to be. I felt like what Zach said is exactly how I felt like. I think the fundamental problem with this movie is they should have either made a Harley Quinn movie or they should have made a Birds of Prey Mm -hmm. movie. I think that I think that they easily could have written this movie where the Birds of Prey could have come together through circumstances unrelated to Harley Quinn. Because I also think the problem with this as a Birds of Prey movie is, yeah, we're kind of following the through line of each of them throughout this movie, but we don't get to see the three of them together or the four of them together, even with Harley until the end. And like by the end of it, it's like we're supposed to be invested in this team when they're just kind of acquaintances, even by the end of the movie that we we don't we don't get to see them like really interact enough in this movie as as characters. But that's because it's an origin movie. We get to see why they come together. I just disagree with that because, like, you look at a movie like The Avengers where, I mean, I know that each of those characters had their solo movies before that, but Mm -hmm. them coming together as a team for the first time, you really get to see a lot of their interactions and a lot of them playing off of each other as a team. And I feel like calling this movie Birds of Prey when the Birds of Prey get together at the very end of the movie just feels, I don't know, I, I just, I, yeah. I, I, it feels wrong to me for, for a team movie, personally. Yeah. An example might be The Suicide Squad, where we learn about all the members of the squad, and 
most of them we're only introduced to in that film, but they're already a team within the first 20 minutes or so. Yeah, or even Suicide Squad, even the first Suicide yeah. Squad movie, like with as many issues as that movie does, like the, the like you get to see a lot more of these characters come together, even in, in that movie. Like there's so many better examples of team up movies that show the origins of a first team up where we really get to see their the dynamic of the team. This movie, I feel like you just get to see the Birds of Prey just kind of kick ass for one fight scene and then have lunch at the end, and that's the, that's it. Like, and I I feel like I feel like the reason it's that way is because they spent so much time on Harley Quinn when they should have been spending more time on the other characters. Personally, yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree. I like seeing them come together because they were hoping for a sequel or for a series on HBO Max or something like that. Still holding out hope for the Black Canary movie. I would be down for a sequel or a a threequel or something like that. It would be nice. Even now that they're created, now that they're together, they can pop up in any DC movie because we've been introduced to them. Yeah, but but I also feel like... They're really not together, right? I mean, it's like, first of all, I, I have a problem with how they came together. They came together not because they, it's not like the Avengers, they chose to come together to fight this evil. They were all just in the shit at the same time. And Harley Quinn said, hey guys, we're going to have to work together to literally get out of this building alive. I mean, you know, and so they're yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess that, we're going to have to do true. it. Like- Literally nobody had any interaction with Huntress before that point. Uh, Black Canary had was begrudgingly working with Montoya. Um, had only met Harley a few times and was not on super great terms. Um, yeah, so by the end, you have a team of three. Uh, if we do or do not include Harley in the actual person. See, we don't, because Harley, Harley, Harley took off. Yeah. She, yeah, she makes it clear. Yeah, she's not we, and again, in why is she in this fucking movie? Like that still is my thing. Like <laughs> because it's her shenanigans that bring the birds of prey together. But it didn't have to be. They could have written a story where the birds of prey could have come together more organically without her. I think it would have been more organic without her involvement. Actually, actually, a version of this where that happens, where Dinah becomes the driver of Sionis, not because she saved Harley, but just she saved someone else. She and Montoya were already working together, and then you have the rogue element, the crazy shenanigan element of Huntress going around killing random people See, around the city. See, that, that's my point. That's my point. actually need Harley, and right. Cassandra could have been any character, and we'll get to Cassandra in a sec. I actually that have some very That sounds like shit. There. Well, that, that's totally what I was going to say. What I was going to, what I was going to posit was if, if you watch this movie and you remove Harley Quinn, all the other stuff is probably still going to happen. So she is from a from a, a narrative viewpoint. And this is the writer and me talking. She is un, an unnecessary character. I think most people see Cassandra as the MacGuffin. I think that Harley's mm-hmm. also kind of a MacGuffin. You know, she's she's really not. She's there just to kind of like manipulate the 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 characters in the situations. But I I don't think she's all that necessary. Oh no, they they easily could have written a version of this that didn't have Harley, and it would have been a better movie because they wouldn't have spent so. Because like for being as unnecessary as she is to the movie, the movie spends so much time on her, which is like it spends way more time trying to develop her than any of the other characters. When I feel that the other characters actually have more going on in terms of the story and of this movie. She's a great character. She's a great character. You know, That's we're what not I'm saying. 
saying I'm like they could have made her. a separate Harley yes, Quinn movie with its own, own story movie. and made this movie mm-hmm. as a Birds of Prey movie, and I think both of those would have been a better movie than this. I at honestly this do. Point, at this point, I don't think Harley, I don't think the character of Harley could have had her own movie. I don't think she would have carried her own movie very well. Birds of Prey, I love Rosie Perez, and I love the other two actresses, Journey Smollett and I don't know the other name. I don't know the other name. Oh, she's like the biggest of the three. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They wouldn't have brought in a crowd. They wouldn't have. And it would have been No, you're right. Because they're, you're right. Because Journey Smollett is a TV uh, TV actress, uh, mostly. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is always like, the wife, the girlfriend, yeah. the you know, she's she's not like, like even though even though he's the villain, they would have like probably just had to like do the whole marketing campaign around you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Like, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> DC was being pressured around about this time the time this movie was made. They was being pressured. They were being pressured to make a a female lead movie. And I think they did the best with what they had. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it because of that. Yes, it was a cash grab. But this movie did not break even. This movie did not break even, actually. This movie was a flop uh, in the box office. That's was because it? of the time that it came out. That's true. It came out in 2020. Well, it came out in yeah. 2020, yeah. but it came out like January or February. Because um, I remember that it was it was, it was was before everything kind of hit the fan. Now, maybe it, it cut the, the movie's legs a little bit. but It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it didn't even do well on like the first couple weekends. It came out at a weird time of year, too. Because like January, February is kind of a dumping ground for movies that uh, the studio is usually not that uh, confident in. But I, I just don't know that this movie was ever really destined to do that well. Like, I mean, it got okay reviews, but I can't help but feel that just making a better movie in ho- with the hopes that it gets more word of mouth and people go see it for that reason might have been a better... Like, I, I get the whole thing about, you know, neither of these elements are strong enough on their own, but... I don't know. I think I think they could have done a Harley. I think Harley Quinn has become a popular enough character that they could have done a Harley Quinn movie. But she also had her own series at the time with a decent amount of stuff to draw off of. Yeah, there was a decent amount of material to adapt. Um, even just having the longer breakup from the Joker. No, that's why I say I think that's what the movie should have been about. It should have been her and the Joker but and her d- f- figuring out how to break out from from the Joker. And that at that, should that have been moment it. they couldn't. They could not have a Joker in this movie. They only had one scene with a stand-in because they were having problems with Fuckface. Just recast him. Just cast somebody else. You mean the rat bastard? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. But everything fell down with the Joker because of the story of the condom and a couple of other things. The dead rat. And so they they were not (laughs) able to use the Joker. And had they just replaced him, then there would have been backlash over that bullshit. I would have just replaced him. To be honest, I don't know. Like, I actually like Jared Leto's Joker, and I know a lot of people don't. But, like, I think that by the fan base, I don't think that his Joker was popular, and I don't think that they would have actually had a backlash had they recast him. Yeah, I don't see it. So yeah, I don't think so either. Because but I think a lot of people really didn't like his Joker. I did, but I was in the minority. Worldwide, the movie has made $205 million. But opening weekend, you're absolutely right. Opening weekend, they made $33 million and they spent $84 million on it. Yeah. 
205 isn't isn't particularly great uh, isn't. for a movie like, like this because like, i was i was looking like with marketing costs and like what what the movie theaters take they actually would have had to have hit like i think they came just short of actually breaking even i think they yeah. would have had to have hit like 250 to break even or something like that it's crazy. I mean, again, I do think COVID probably did cut. Like, it might have had a little more legs uh, if it hadn't been for COVID. But it definitely came out before COVID hit. It came out either January or February of that year. But again, it came out in January or February, which, again, is is kind of a dumping yes, ground. You know, those, those those two months have always been kind of a dumping ground. It just had so much stacked against it. I agree. It's it, it's it's just me saying that, like, look, if the movie was going to flop no matter what, I just would have rather they made a better movie, you know, and I feel that the way to do that is to either make a Harley Quinn movie or a Birds of Prey movie, because I would have been interested in either one of those personally. I just... I think the movie they made was just a mess. I will say the the liberties that they took with Black Mask and Zaz, I respected. I absolutely oh, no, liked I what they actually. did with those with those characters. I did for the most part. Um, I, I liked what they did with Black Mask more than what I did with Zaz, although I, I appreciate it was another thing like kind of like uh, with your problems with the, the Cassandra Kane character that with what they did with Zaz, I almost just wanted them to like just make him an original character and call him. Yeah. And you could right. even make that argument for Black Mask too, to be honest, where, but, yeah. but, but even like what, what they did with Black Mask didn't bother me. It's just Zaz... I don't know, Zaz has been interpreted a lot of different ways, to be fair. It's just that that felt like a very different energy for Victor Zaz to me. It was. From- I got a little bit more of his original energy this time. Like, it was a little clear that he was richly scarring himself. He was a little more visibly creepy. Um, it's just that more his motive, his two motivations were he really likes killing people and B, now he's also deeply invested in a relationship with the... Uh, Black Mask, which is definitely like some kind of this, this, this. Oh, I forgot. Rewatching this, I totally forgot like about how like a gay, like the, like the gay undertones between, yeah, between between Black Mask and and Zaz. Yeah, Yeah, I totally forgot about Mm -hmm. that. To be honest, I mean, since we're kind of on that that subject, I mean, what what did you guys think of Ewan McGregor in this movie as as Roman Sionis? I I I think he's one of the better things about the movie. To be honest, I don't ever want to see a different version of Black Mask. (laughs) Yeah, ever. I loved it. Yeah. I hate that they killed him off so fast, but then again, it was an awesome ass kill scene. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that the, there's there's a trope of the um, spoiled rich boy villain, right? Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor, even though that's that's what Ewan McGregor's Black Mask is, is a spoiled. I mean, he's like a spoiled brat. He like cries at one point. He like has temper tantrums and stuff. Yes. But boy, They're he just fucking commits. Things. He commits to it, and I loved it. I thought it was so internally consistent. You know, so consistent <laughs> for the character. Mm-hmm. He he was all you you knew in the first scene who this character was and where he was coming from and what his motivations were, which was all just, I want this. I want this. (laughs) I love the scene where he's showing uh, Dinah all his, uh, his mask collection, his shrunken heads. And he's just like, Oh, look at this. They shrink these little heads down. Isn't that so like a child? Yes. Yes. Oh, I like it when he's in the first scene that you see him in when he's like, Oh, we don't need to kill this girl. You know, we have, we, we've sent enough of, a message. Oh my God! Is that a snot bubble? Ew, I changed my mind. That's it, killer. <laughs> yeah. I changed my mind. Yeah. Killer. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> 
I figured out the drinking the drinking game for this is every time as Black Mask he says K. Because he would end almost every K. <laughs> yes, he's he's oh like this God. evil leprechaun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just you and McGregor's performance in this role really, really does kind of steal the movie because because oh he really God, does yes. he really does like kind of elevate the character beyond you know what he is on on the on the page. I feel like and it just brings such an interesting charisma while also being you know the, again this petulant spoiled child, but also being a complete psychopath. I mean. I mean, this yes. guy is just exactly. yeah, and exactly. and, and but, but by the time like I I get the thing about you know hating that they killed him because he is a great villain, but at the same time like you really want he this guy to die, yes. like you yeah. want him to die by yes. the end of this movie, and like I almost wanted him to get you know a, a worse death than that, a slower death than the, the way he got, <laughs> you know, to be oh, honest. But, but, but you got to see his body parts like <laughs> flying yes, in different no, it directions. Was, it was a fun death. It was oh, a fun death. God. It's flooded. It's it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, he could be okay. Oh, maybe not. No, not now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Cassandra Kane? You know, kind of the uh, arguably the kind of the MacGuffin of the movie, and in you know, if- I've got a rant, but Uh-oh. Liz, if you have something you want to say first, sure. I'm excited that Batgirl is being raised by Harley Quinn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only excitement. I, I liked her. I thought the actress that played her was fucking phenomenal. She mm-hmm. she made me nothing like the, the source material. And I'm Not okay with that. But I like that she's I like that she's the catalyst that softens Harley Quinn. And that Harley realizes that she does want someone, that Harley Quinn is a nurturer, and that's what she was trying to do with the Joker all those years. And then she just realized that she is a Harlequin. She does need someone to serve, but it doesn't have to be a man. It could be this child. Yeah. My thought on Cassandra Kane is that I really wish they had picked an original name for this character. Um, mostly because, imagine if you will. We have a Justice League movie, and in this movie, you have Superman, who is Superman. He's recognized as Superman. There's some differences, like, I know he's got a different hair color or whatever, but it's still Superman. It's recognizable. (laughs) Wonder Woman's in there. And then we include this nebbishy hacker-type guy who's very enjoyable. You really like him. He wears Hawaiian shirts a lot, you know, sandals around the watchtower. And he's a chatterbox, talks nonstop. He's super friendly. As a, you know, deep love of, uh, you know, different tchotchkes and anime that he likes to talk about with everybody. <laughs> and this guy's name is Bruce Wayne. His hacker handle is Batman. This is the only version of Batman you're getting in this universe. And it's him. <laughs> that is pretty much the relation between Cassandra Kane of the comics to this Cassandra. The only thing they have in common is that they're Asian, which leaves the bad taste in my mouth that they just made a character and decided, huh, what's an Asian character from DC we can just use the name of without any bearing or relationship to this character at all? Which I'm pretty certain is like the complete beginning and end of where that decision making was from. It's... I just really wish that she was just an original character with an original name. That is my thought on it. Can I say something? Uh-huh. I, I would actually like to see that Batman. I mean, it sounds better than the, <laughs> the, the, the billionaire protector. I, my thing is, is, like I described this character, and it's not a bad character, 
But also, that's the only version of Batman you get in that universe. I'm okay with that. Is, is the thing. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's it's better than George Clooney. Right. Yeah, Coming well. from the perspective of I have no relationship to this character. I had no idea it was even a character in the comic books. I thought she was a good character. I thought that she brought something very necessary to the story besides just being the obviously being the MacGuffin. I think she did kind of, um, I don't want to say she changed Harley Quinn because I don't think she actually did change Harley Quinn. I think it's like what you said, but I do agree with what you said, Liz, in that Harley Quinn always had this nurturing nature. Cassandra didn't change that. She just gave her a focus. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. gave her a new focus outside of the Joker you know, not to keep harping on Harley Quinn, but that's part of my problem with her lack of character yeah. arc is that she doesn't change from the she beginning to change. the end. But but this character kind of does. Cassandra kind of does. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts off as, as being this, this, you know, abused, neglected, angry little kid and ends up being... Well, she's probably going to be a psycho if she's being raised by Harley, but, you know, hey, <laughs> it's a change. A psycho it's who enjoys arc. life. That's why yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. So I liked her, and I thought, the act- I thought the actress that played her was just adorable and really good and really rode that line of, you know, of sweet and just, you just want to kick her ass, you know, yes. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, my, my whole thing about the, you know, the Cassandra Kane from DC comics thing goes is like, I, I, I'm kind of with, with you, you know, mom and Wiz where like, I, I feel like, listen, I'm, I, I am a comic, I am a comic book fan. I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, but I'm into, the, I'm definitely into the Batman um family of characters, but there's there's so many like decades and decades of comic history. I had no fucking idea who Cassandra Kane was before I saw this movie. So yeah. it was just like uh, like I didn't even find out later until the, afterwards that she's apparently a version of Batgirl. Oh, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they can't even get a fucking Barbara Gordon Batgirl movie off the ground. Like, what the hell were they gonna get to Cassandra Kane? So like, we were never gonna see any version of Cassandra Kane uh, anyway. Like, if, right. if it wasn't gonna be in this, exactly. I feel like. That's kind of how I feel. Because they can't even give us Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Where are they ever going to get to the second or third Batgirl? Like, you know? although, yeah. although I will say, I will say that that is it's actually probably more likely that they would do that because I think that there is a I think DC is very um, eager to show their diversity. And, um, you know, Marvel, too. I mean, I think Marvel went straight to Miles Morales, which is, you know, that's pretty wow, you know. Um, so I think that they could they might just jump straight to the, you know, to Cassandra because she is Asian. That would be evidently. Nice. Um, Zach, mm-hmm. just briefly, can you tell me what, what is her character like in the in the. So when I say she's like literally nothing, she was raised in a, as an assassin. She actually had trouble speaking for several years because of a deeply abusive parenthood who basically didn't want her socializing at all, just attacking and killing people. She had a crisis of conscience after assassinating somebody, left, recognized that Batman was, you know, a very different type of person from her parents, um, really latched onto the idea of Batman as a symbol, became Batgirl, and eventually developed decent relationships, including with the original Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, 
actually managed to and was basically became the, one of the many adopted children of Batman. That's actually one of the hilarious things of Batman in the comics is that he says he works alone and pretends to be a loner, and he also has like seven or eight actual adopted children, including Cassandra. He's got the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Bruce Wayne should not be raising goddamn children. No. I think his track record speaks for itself. Him, Harley Quinn, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, in the case of most of the kids, with the exception of one of the newer ones, they were all kids whose lives were already fucked up beyond all repair, and so he's more or less just in damage control as a parent. It's like, you are already going to turn out pretty weird. So. Look, and he, here's my other argument in, in defense of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne just signs the adoption papers. Alfred's raising the kids. Let's That's be true. real. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Mr. That Mom. That's absolutely true. Alfred does all the work. Mm-hmm. I want a version of Alfred where he stomps around the house and mumbles about every goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the laundry, raise the robins, I mean, train the Batgirl. I feel like if we continue the Batman universe long enough, that is going to be yeah, that version of Yeah, isn't that the Batman Beyond? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Batman's like, I mean, that's, you know. That's definitely what Bruce becomes a Batman Beyond is like, Well, what about, uh, we, we kind of touched on uh, the Rosie Perez character, Renee Montoya, Detective Renee Montoya. What, what, what do we think of this character and her kind of usage in the movie? Rosie fucking Perez. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Totally. I, that's all so that excited. needs to be said. I was so excited to see her. I was like, yes. Oh, <laughs> She's so fucking phenomenal. And I love the character. I love the character. I love that she gets crossed over. She gets pushed around. And all she wants to do is the right thing and to keep the streets of Gotham safe. And I love that we get to see. See, this is why I like that they don't become the birds of prey until the very end of the movie. Because we see that she gets slapped around, spit on, kicked, knocked out of the way. And always, she's the one that's doing the work. And she gets nothing for it. And then they take that work and they twist it out of proportion. And she is tired of that shit. And she's like, well, fuck the police department. I'm going to do my own stuff. And I, I love getting to see uh, Rosie Perez take this character through that. It's it's such a beautiful arc. Yeah, I do. I do really love at the very ending when the entire office is celebrating her boss again. And she's just <laughs> slugging like, down a drink, it. grabbing her box and then immediately joined a superhero team right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. It is hilarious to me that she's drunk during the entire climactic battle. Yeah, she was fun. She was a fun character overall. She again. It again goes to that thing that I think that if they had just made a Birds of Prey movie, I think they could have developed her more. You know, I think that she still doesn't have as much screen time as she could have had, but she, but she was fun. She was a fun character overall. So what you're saying is that we need to push DC to have a Birds of Prey 2. DC, yes. if you listen to this... I, I actually unironically believe that. We yes. need Montoya <laughs> in our life. We need her. We need her. We need her. She's the mother that we all need. All right, there we go. I'm sure Without the drinking. Without the alcoholism. Aw, that's half the fun. <laughs> we, we need a mother who doesn't have the alcoholism, but we will take Renee Montoya with the alcoholism. Yes. yes. <laughs> 
Uh, then, of course, we have uh, Dino Lance, the Black Canary. Uh, it was This was a, a kind of a different version of the character than what I personally see. I, I guess my, my uh, previous exposure was more like from the CW Arrowverse crap, though. So, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. oh, so this was a way better version. This is a than, way yeah. better version. <laughs> this, is, this is so much better. Good Lord. Also, when you say CW, you have to ask, like, which one? Because they have, like, five or, what is it, four or five goddamn Black Canaries who they oh, keep really? going I know off there's the two right. sisters yeah. who both kept, like, trading off who was dead and who was, who was alive. Right. Like, was dead. <laughs> You're, you be dead this week. I'll be dead next exactly. week. Okay, deal. Just, like, God, the, their, their poor dad, the police guy, you know, the, the, the you know, Dresden Files guy, it was like, Jesus yes. Christ, how many times does he have to deal with there his daughter being dead? There was a scene later on in one of the seasons where one of his, one of his daughters died. I don't even remember which one. He was just like, well, I'm not too worried. You know, she's going to come back eventually, and everyone else <laughs> oh is trying to, was trying to convince him that this was serious, and he's just like, I don't know, she's going to be back. It's, you know, it's See, that's like watching. the only sane character. Oh, that's the sane reaction at that point when you're uh, on that show. It's like... <laughs> I stopped watching that fucking show, like, I think after, like, yeah. season three or four. I got so tired of people dying and coming back and those stupid flashbacks. Oh, my God, all the flashbacks. Yeah. I was just God, over it. There's the what flashback where he actually came back to the city, like what during the five years he's supposed to be on the island. Like, he actually came back to the city at one point. It was like sneaking around, like ooh, exactly. oh, no one sees me. It's it's like, like, wait, 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 he back. went back to the what? <laughs> what? Yes, so stupid. Anyway, we're, we're digressing. Yes, Journey Smollett was really great. As I liked this character, even though I I knew that that her her character. Um, is supposed to have some sort of like supersonic, you know, she doesn't use it until the end, which I actually liked because mm-hmm. you thought she was just, I mean, she, she was kicking ass, just kicking people in the face and stuff. And, yes. and at the end, she finally pulls yeah. out that, that, you know, supersonic weapon. And you see why she doesn't use it because it has consequences. She immediately yes. passes out, you know, which I like. I always like um, when there are consequences to using your powers, mm-hmm. you know, I, otherwise you're just a Mary Sue and, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. there's no stakes. Otherwise, you're just Palpatine zapping everything. It's one of the things I've always liked about Black Canary in general is that, yeah, she has powers, but she doesn't rely on them because, yeah, they're kind of a, you know, big deal, take a lot out of her, and, you know, somewhat tricky to control a little bit. Yeah, I thought this was an absolutely great version. I think of all the actual Birds of Prey, um, she had the most realized journey um, out of all the most realized character art. I agree with you. Um, very much going from just trying to keep her head down, trying to ignore everything, to actually deciding to be a hero and stand up for people. I 100% agree with you. I agree. She has the best character arc probably of anybody in this movie, in my opinion, you know. But she's not the funniest character. I think the funniest character is Huntress. Yes. I'm sorry. Huntress (laughs) Huntress was my favorite, honestly. She was great. Huntress is amazing. She takes herself so fucking seriously. That's what it is. You think that that's going to be her when she's first introduced like, yo, do you know who I am? And then you see her practicing that line in the air like, do you you know who I I am? I loved her so much. She was so funny. They call me, and then everyone else calls her a crossbow killer. They call me Huntress. 
years. Yes, <laughs> like no, no one, no one does. Like you're just, it's like she's trying to make that name stick, which is hilarious to me. It's like she's really trying right. to make that name stick. It's like everyone yes. just calls her crossbow killer. It's so <laughs> funny. It's the and like, okay, uh, I came to kill this guy, and he's dead. So. I'm gonna go. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I got my revenge arc, you know, yeah. finished up. And, you know. No, I loved her. I thought she was a fantastic character. Just so much fun, and because she was she so was, serious she was all my the time. Favorite. I wish she was in the movie way more than she is. It, it, it can't get totally. close to that thing. It's like she she should have been in the movie much more. I feel like I I disagree. I really liked her character, but I think that she was the nice comedic pop to pop in and, and pop out. I like the mystique behind her, but the the do you know who I am joke just really gets me. The, every time she shoots to kill the person in the throat that she was going after and she asks them as they're dying, do you know who I am? I just want to <laughs> say, they're dead. They No, no, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, well, I made a joke of that, that her timing was bad. She asked the guy after he's dead, do you know who I am? Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> no, no one else is around to appreciate this moment. But I, did, I did like her. I, I think that she was very well written and very well executed. Yeah, I agree with you, Liz, though. I think, I think probably that character, as funny as she was, she had the right amount of screen time mm-hmm. because she, she she really was there kind of as the comedic you know yeah the comedic relief yeah the comedic Absolutely. foil like, you know comedic, comedic relief exactly so it's it's like I, I would have liked to have seen some of the other characters before I saw her and maybe yeah. later on if they did do another movie they could kind of expand on her and make her not just the you know you know jokey one <laughs> she's the comedic character and then she's also kind of just the, the sort of force of chaos going through everything you know yeah, while right. everybody else has their own the agenda the one that really she, doesn't she have completely... motivation other than than revenge she has like no yeah, that's a motivation that's a motivation right, well, right. Yeah. and even even when Harley Quinn's like we all have to work together She's like, okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, she's like, uh, when it was somebody has, I think it's it's Renee that's like, well, you know, Black Mask maybe has something to do with your parents die too, so maybe your revenge will be complete. <laughs> exactly, <until then."> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I, I was wondering if maybe uh, Renee Toya was just kind of pulling that out of her ass to like try to motivate her. She absolutely was. She knows. Yeah. She knows. She knew her how to push her as the leader. She'll be the leader eventually of the Birds oh, yeah. of Prey, and, and that's She'll exactly... She'll be the only one that actually does detective work, yes. that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I loved when she was coming down the tube. I loved when Huntress was coming down the tube, and the slide, oh, and the yeah. guy came down after her. And she, she goes, jumps Whoosh. up and then yep. stabs mm-hmm. him all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> jumps on him and rides him down. <laughs> yep. That's one That's of my one favorite stunts. Can, can I segue into something? And that Absolutely. is the fight choreography, oh, which mm-hmm. was absolutely fantastic. I'm yes. not usually a person who pays much attention to that kind of thing, but I really noticed how good the fight choreography was in this. I mean, all the action sequences were just... I mean, really good. It reminded me of the action sequences in Shang-Chi, you know, like like the the bus scene. I, I remember being so impressed with that. Same thing, like that mm-hmm. car scene, you know, where Harley is has is on the roller skates and she's like she does this thing where she she goes around the car, goes through the window, and it's like it doesn't look like CGI. It doesn't look like some 
stand-in, which I'm sure it was a stand-in, but, you know, a, a stunt double. But it doesn't look like it. I mean, they did such a good job of just seamlessly, you know, making these fight scenes look just kick-ass, literally. Yeah, I agree. And I was looking it up. Uh, Chad Stileski was uh, the second unit director on this movie, and he and David Leach were the co-directors of John Wick. So that was, uh, they, brought, they brought him in to, to kind of do yeah. that. Yeah. So they, they have an eye for that kind of thing. I think one of the greatest things about Harley storming the, the Gotham City Police Department, I think one of the most awesome things is that she comes in and she attacks, but she's moving like a regular person. You know, mm-hmm. everything she does is very doable. And then she gets down into the evidence room and the cocaine... She snorts it in like fucking pie pie, like fucking Popeye, and then Popeye with the spinach. Yeah, 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 and then and then she goes fucking crazy. She starts swinging the bat, and she's doing all of these flips and tricks. I was like, that's so fucking awesome that she used the cocaine like her like her uh, special power. I was like, oh my god, that was fucking genius. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite yeah. parts of the movie. Not that I do cocaine. In, in general, but... the the fight scene in the GP, GCPD is just absolutely fantastic, yes. start to finish. It's just also that's another thing I really like to give this movie is that it is just gorgeously shot. It is, with a it is. really, really great use of color as well. Yeah, it cinematography really is. is actually really good in this. I, I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. It's a very well made movie. My only thing about the GCPD sequence, like I really like the first part of it where she's coming in and basically using the element of surprise that like nobody's just like mm-hmm. expecting her to just start because like it's one of those plans that shouldn't work. But I think everybody's so caught off guard that she just yep. is able to yeah. plow through everybody. <laughs> but I'm not a huge fan of when she gets Cassandra out and all the cell doors just open up because that just feels like a screenwriter be like, oh, we need another action scene. Uh, why would all the cell doors open for some reason? And she has to fight all the prisoners. That just felt like, oh, okay. But then you got that, you got that great shot of the, the sprinklers, you know, the water. That was very John Wick, actually. Cool. Now it, that it I was, think it about was visually it. Yeah. That was really very cool, John yeah. Wick. That whole yeah. fighting oh, yeah. in the water and the slow motion, psh, you know. <laughs> she was fighting in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking ass in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, and I, and I also enjoyed uh, another action scene I enjoyed was actually the climax at the amusement park as well. Like it was actually fun getting to see. all. Even though I, I think that the formation of the team happens to wait in the movie, it was fun to see all of them together, you know, Harley with the the three Birds of Prey members all kind of working together. And I think that the amusement park was a a cool, visually interesting environment for a climactic battle. So I think it was a pretty good climax overall as well. I enjoyed actually getting to see the Joker's playground. We've seen that, that setting in the animated series, but we've never seen that in a live action Batman. We've never seen the Joker's amusement park like that. I also love that he took the gun. He was so fucking petty that he took all the guns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In general, I kind of like how this Gotham has a mix of, you know, kind of a more grounded version, especially, you know, near Harley's uh, apartment, you know, when they're doing the chase scenes near there. But also you have places like Amusement Mile with the Founders Pier, just like the weird, slightly fantastical Gotham, you know, pokes its way in here as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think that they actually hit a good balance with this one because like, you know, you, you get versions like, you know, in the Christopher Nolan movies where it completely feels like a real city. 
And then you get versions like the the Tim Burton or the Joel Schumacher, where it's like this this doesn't feel like well, Gotham doesn't feel like a real place to me when I watch yeah. those movies. This one was a good balance of those two it of was. the grounded mm-hmm. and the fantastic. I feel like. I also love all of the Easter eggs that they gave us throughout the whole movie. All the different characters that they would just call out by first name or whatever. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, like her hyena being named Bruce, I thought was yes. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's. I did not catch that line until this time when I watched it. Well, I noticed her dog, the dog tag that she's wearing says Bruce. Yes. So, yeah. No, I was it was like, the same thing with Liz. Like, that. I noticed that his name was Bruce, but I don't think that I, I also didn't notice until this watching that, that, line, she said, yeah. that, that she says it's, it's named after I named Bruce Wayne. I named him after Wayne, that so. hunk, Bruce, yeah. hunk Wayne. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Which shows you, at least at this point, that Harley Quinn does not know Batman's secret no. identity. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, she, I know I'm jumping ahead, but she does say, did you all hear the, the end, end, end credit scene? You know, oh, she has, I remember she has a, it in the theater. I think I turned it off before this She has a voiceover at the very end, yeah. and she was like, oh, are you still here? Oh, well, you know, you know, I got a really big secret I want to tell you. Batman is, and then it cuts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm doing the cartoon Harley Quinn voice, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Marco Robbie, you did it much better. <laughs> she she does it best. You actually sounded a little more like the Batman animated series version. I version. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I actually, like, I respect that Batman the Animated Series invented that character, because she actually was invented on that show and not, not in the comics, but... God, that original voice is fucking annoying. Like, <laughs> I know it's kind of meant to be, uh, yeah. but. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I noticed there were little touches um, throughout that showed you that a female director had a hand in this, you know, had a yes. hand in this. You know, yes. things things like they weren't dressed so provocatively that, you know, you were like, oh, you know, this is totally unbelievable. And there's a little there was a little scene in the final battle where Black Canary is fighting somebody and her hair flies into her face and she goes, ugh and then Harley <laughs> Quinn runs up and hands her a hair tie and she yes. like puts her hair up. And I was like, yes, yeah. thank you. Because I always, that's something I always point out to Jeff when, when we're watching some action movie and the female's like fighting her hair's flying all over the place. I'm like, God damn it. My hair would be up in one of those, yeah. an ugly little bun on the top of my head, you know, if I were mm-hmm. fighting, you know. So I just, I, I appreciated the, those little, touch. that yeah. little uh, touch, you know. Someone had pointed out something interesting about the movie some while back that I, you know, really appreciate as well, which is that when you look at, like, the outfits, Harley, for most of the movie, is wearing an outfit that shows a lot of skin and yet also doesn't feel anywhere near as provocative Mm -hmm. or sexualized as her outfit in Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. And you even have a scene where she, like, is dancing on a stripper pole, but it's very clearly more about her having fun at a party and not about, yep. oh, look at how hot Harley is. Yep. It's a world of difference in how this movie is shot. Absolutely. It's, like, it's, it's definitely women as the subjects, not the objects yes. of the camera. It's, I agree. I did yeah, appreciate I that. I just deeply enjoy that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And thank you for bringing that up because like that, that I think that that was kind of an important thing with this movie that if they were going to make this movie that is about these, these really these these five women, you know, including Harley and Cassandra Kane as well, like 
that it, it was important for them to, I think both the writer and director of this are, are, are women of this. So yeah, I think that that was definitely, uh, it, it was a good move on, on DZ's part to hire women to make this movie instead of, you know, just be like, uh, what's, uh, what's James Cameron doing? You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We mentioned that before on, on another movie. You can always tell. I hate whenever you look at a movie and you go, oh, I can tell that a man made this movie. I can tell that a man wrote this movie. Yep. Especially when it's about uh, female characters. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That was something that they did with Wonder Woman as well was, was directed yes. by a woman. And I think that that actually helped that movie too. So mm-hmm. yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go into our overall thoughts and our score of one out of 10. I'll go ahead and start off and I'll say, I think the movie is okay. Again, I think that it would have, again, the, the fundamental issue with the movie is they should have either made a Harley Quinn movie or a Birds of Prey movie. Again, a movie that's about her breaking away from the Joker and uh, with the Joker as kind of an antagonist. And, like, that would have been maybe a more interesting way because, like, I feel like they kind of just skip the middle thing. You know, we see her in Suicide Squad, then we see her in this movie. It's like, oh, I broke up with the Joker. It's like considering the codependent relationship that she had with him throughout all of Suicide Squad, I think it would have been more interesting to have actually seen her emancipation, you know, journey. Uh, You know, that's a part of the title of the Fantabulous Emancipation when Harley Quinn, I kind of wish we had actually gotten that movie. And then separately, I think they could have made a movie about Birds of Prey that would have had basically the same plot, but without Harley Quinn needing to be in there, or at the very least, not having to be in there nearly as much as she is, because you're right. She has probably more screen time than any other character in the movie. She's she's on screen for most of the film and she's not invested in what's going on. And I think that that just doesn't make a strong protagonist for a film. Having said that, it is a very stylish movie. It's a it's a really pretty movie to look at with the cinematography, with the fight choreography. I do enjoy a lot of the characters. I actually really do like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think Ewan McGregor is a great villain, and I, I enjoy all the three Birds of Prey characters. For me, especially Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Like, I get the points of, of you know, maybe she is a character who could just come in and out, but I, I would have liked to have seen more of a focus on her at the same time. But I feel that way about all three of the members of, of the uh, the Birds of Prey as well. So I'm going to go five out of ten because I'm, I'm kind of right on the middle on it. I think I, I enjoyed it more the first time. I think it didn't hold up as well for me on, on the second viewing, but I still enjoy the movie for the most part. So but, but, but I'll go five out of ten. So I really enjoyed this movie, actually. I, I know I gave some complaints about that. Um, the choice of casting the Character who in this movie is called Cassandra Kane, giving her the name Cassandra Kane, and I still disagree with that decision, but ultimately I think is a good character. Um, I do also agree that I think it would have been stronger uh, if they had focused a little more on either Harley Quinn or the Birds of Prey. But at the end of the day, I still really enjoy this movie. I still think it's a ton of fun with really phenomenal action scenes, in my opinion, some of the best action scenes in the DCEU to this point. Is it objectively great? No, but I love it a lot. So I'm, I'm going to have to give this one an 8 out of 10. Okay, so um, I will say this is the second time I've watched it, and it improved on rewatch. Like a lot of movies that, that I, I rewatch, I, I tend to like them better the second time, or I tend to hate them more the second time. But this one, <laughs> I liked it a little bit better. I still feel like the weakest link in this movie was Harley Quinn. <laughs> Unfortunately, I felt like she didn't have a character arc. I felt like she was the exact same person 
at the beginning and the end of the movie, which I understand that I'm watching a comic book movie. I'm not watching Manchester by the Sea or something like that. So I'm not expecting like, you know, some, some great epiphany or revelation, but I do feel like even a comic book movie needs to have character arcs, you know, to, 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 to take you through the movie to, to make you engaged and make you care about the characters. And I felt like that that was lacking, but it was gorgeous. Um, I enjoyed the, the fight scenes and I, I mean, I, I enjoyed rewatching it, but it's not something that I will probably go back to because it just, it didn't, I just didn't care. <laughs> Once it's over, I was like, yeah, okay, that was good what's next, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So um, I'll have to give this one a five out of 10. Yeah, actually, what you were just, uh, I'll let you go in a second, Liz. I just, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but what you were just I'll saying, Mom, finish. about uh, how it, it it doesn't really stay with you after the fact, that's also always been my thing. Even though, like, I, I actually have the opposite thing where I liked this movie less the second time than I did the first time. Like, I, I, I came out of the theater having really enjoyed myself, but even after the first time, there was this feeling of this is definitely what I kind of call a cotton candy movie where it's, it's you know, cotton candy. It's sweet while you're eating it, but it doesn't stay with you. Like, that's what it's entertaining while you're watching it, but it doesn't stay with me. Like, even after the first time. And it, 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 yeah, it's very much that kind of, you know, it's it's a fleeting thing. You know, it, it, it doesn't really stay with me at all. It feels like a living comic book because it's told by a character that we know and that we're comfortable with. We're sucked right in. The the way it's told, they don't tell it from the very beginning. And she fools you. You know, she fools you. I've heard that you're supposed to tell a story from the very beginning. So let's start. And then she goes, but, oh, wait, 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 wait. And then she takes us back. And then... We get things, we get details that we didn't know before. That makes us reanalyze things that's happened in the middle. It, it helps my ADHD to keep up with, with this film. And I really like that version. I really like the version of the way that it's told. Um, so it, it feels like a ride to me from the very beginning because she's excited and it's infectious. I think that all of the Easter eggs are just icing on the cake. I think that it's made very well, and I I think it's made differently than we get our DC movies, because let's be honest, whenever we have uh, Wonder Woman or, or Superman, especially Superman and Batman, we get bogged down in drama. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's horrible. With these characters, it's more upbeat, even though they're going through some pr pretty tough times and there's pretty horrible things going on during it. I don't know. We get this upbeat feel. So we go along with the film and we we stay upbeat even in the dramatic moments of this film. I gotta say, I wouldn't expect Harley Quinn to go through a lot of change in this movie. But I, I do have to counter, um, Sharon, with the idea that Harley Quinn didn't change because she could have gutted that little girl, and she didn't. The Harley we know might have. But we've seen this, we've seen her change from a villain to this anti-hero for a couple of movies now. I, I really like bringing in veteran Rosie Perez, and I think she brought a lot to the character, and I think she brings – she's the normalizer. I feel like she's the normalizer. You know, we've all had jobs where people just shit on us, and you see other people that aren't working as hard. 
get the things that you need or you want in your department or whatever. I just like the way the story's told. It's it's very traditional. It's very formulaic. I like the idea of maybe a psychotic Batgirl being raised. But I honestly think that Harley Quinn will let Kane go and uh, Matoya will probably take up the raising. In my head, she takes up the raising of Cassandra Kane. It, it just makes sense to me. I like the feel. I like the rush. I like the energy of the film. When I give this uh, score, you know... Uh, people don't take my scores seriously anyway. Uh, I have to give it a 10 out of 10 because I enjoy the movie and it's something that I watch over and over and over again. It's so much fun. If there's nothing on and I just want something to excite me or put me in a good mood, I put on Bird's Prey. It's just a fun watch. Because you just like watching you and McGregor blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen. I would put it on if it was just like on TV or something like that. You know, <laughs> just just like watch it for twenty minutes while I'm, you know, making a grilled cheese or whatever. Sure. Yeah. You know, I I'm kind of with you, mom. I probably won't like seek out this movie to watch ever again. To be honest, <laughs> I hope a sequel's coming. DC, we need a Honestly, sequel. Honestly, even with me saying what I've said about the movie, I actually would be interested in a sequel because I do think that it sets the characters up in an interesting place where I think they yes. could do something better with it in a second. Absolutely, one. I honestly do. I genuinely want a sequel very much. Actually. And they don't need Harley for a sequel. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, no. I would very much like a sequel that doesn't have Harley Quinn yeah. because I think that it would make the, the Birds of Prey stand out be better as I agree. characters. Agreed. Agreed. It did kind of make me wonder when I saw The Suicide Squad by James Gunn and Harley Quinn's in that movie. I'm like, oh, what happened to Cassandra? You know, she just like, <laughs> yeah, I oh, think whatever. she's with Matoya. She she doesn't bring Cassandra along in her, you know, work trips. She just, well, she was know. in jail at that point because she was, a, if she's on the Suicide Squad, she's in prison, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> so I guess she got maybe she got arrested the day after or th this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not too surprising to think of ways in which Harley might end up in yeah. jail. Again. Exactly. <laughs> she could have went grocery shopping again. That's exactly. the same place. <laughs> well, having said all of that, Mom, it was great having you on the podcast once again. Thank you. Do you have anything that me. you would like to uh, plug as we sign off? Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can at Shady Will, S H A Y D E E W I L. Um, I do have a uh, acting Twitter now. It's uh, if. If you're on Twitter anymore after the Elon Musk takeover, <laughs> um, you can follow me at Sharon D. Wilson actor. And uh, yeah, so thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I, I, who's just going to make like their own version of Twitter just so everybody can like migrate over to it where it's like, <laughs> yes, maybe we actually do want to censor people who are trying to use the N-word. and like moderation. You know? You know? <laughs> we have this crazy idea that maybe Nazis are not a good thing. Yeah, and, really. uh, yeah. <laughs> like apparently the usage of racial slurs went up like 500% after Elon Musk took oh, over because he, he's like not yeah. interested in in what regulating free speech, quote unquote, which is like, no, actually. <laughs> I'm totally interested in uh, regulating anti-Elon Musk stuff, but just uh, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why when you have to slaughter a lot of villains in movies, they make them Nazis. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach, where can the folks find you? Folks can find me on the Facebook as Zachariah Schneider. Uh, also on the. For the moment, still on the Twitters, uh, <laughs> as Zachariah Schneff4, that's Zachariah S C H N E 4. Liz, where can the folks find you? 
you can find me on all social media under the Liz Tory. And if you don't like swear words, don't follow me on Twitter because I am calling a lot of people fucking fucks right now. Listen, the, po- <laughs> the podcast is called Nerd Shit. If you have a problem with profanity, um, I say the name of the podcast so much that like shit doesn't even feel like a bad word to be able. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. like it doesn't. Yeah. Like, especially when I put it together with nerd shit, like I don't even think about the fact that it's, it's, it's a swear word now. No. It's like, whatever. I'm Sam Wilson. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SCWilson underscore actor. I say Twitter, but I also like I'm on there, but I've I've like not logged in for like six months, probably, to be honest. It's like <laughs> you have all these people going, hey Sam. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where our audience is, is on is on Twitter trying to, you know. <laughs> but yes, yeah, definitely Instagram at SC Wilson underscore actor. I'm on Instagram every two seconds. So that's that's definitely and you could follow uh nerd shit at the nerd shit pod on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at the nerd shit pod. So make sure that you're subscribed to us anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We are on all podcast platforms. Make sure that you uh, engage with us. Make sure you send us a DM. If you have any feedback on your thoughts on the podcast, or if you have any requests for movies or TV shows that you would like to see us review up next, we're going to be stepping back into the MCU with the okayest movie in the MCU, Thor The Dark World. <laughs> of all the Thor movies, that's this one of watching them. This movie makes me Thor. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I've given out a lot of 10 out of 10s, but this one, this next one, people are going to see my wrath. I'm, I'm, listen, there, there are certain movies that I've been holding in my pocket the 11 out of 10 for and Thor the Dark World is absolutely not going to be one of those movies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I actually don't mind Thor the Dark World, but we'll get more into it. But it's yeah, definitely not yeah, a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's definitely not for every movie. But for Zach Schneider, Liz Tory, and Sharon Wilson, I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us for Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. <laughs> Thank you, Harley. Stay shitty, nerds.